Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1. This week, this is a listener request all the way from our Top 5 Discord uh, Skype uh, channel. I don't know what you call them. I know it's a Discord server and we have a channel over there. And someone made the request, Top 5 Technologies That Changed Your Life. Top 5 Technologies That Changed Your Life. Now, I think it's pretty easy to uh, have a very broad, like, computer walkie-talkie, you know, those kinds of things. But I tried to make mine as specific as I could, except for one, which is fairly generic. But, Rodrigo, why don't we start with you this week? I'm interested in your number five technology that changed your life. Uh, My number five is probably pretty common um, nowadays. Uh, But in, in coming up with this list... I, I really wanted to see is like, is this something that when I got a hold of it or when I started using it actually changed the way that I did things? Um, and my number five is uh, my iPad because it does actually has changed the way that I do things. Um, mainly in that now it's a lot easier for me to read uh, pretty much everything, uh, comics, articles, whatever. Um, and have that at work or, uh, you know, other places where I'm not supposed to have a tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and be able to just essentially access information like that. And, if you know, you might think, how is that different from a smartphone? And it's not super different, but, you know, it's bigger. It's comfortable to look at a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. I often... You know, I'll be on Twitter and somebody will be like, hey, here's a link to this very interesting article. And I click on it and I'm like, I do not want to read this on my smartphone. So no, thank you. I will not read this and become a better person by learning. But (laughs) with my iPad, uh, you know, there's just it's it's a comfort level thing. Just having the the larger screen and having it like sit up someplace and play music or something is just uh, really has kind of given a new sort of segment of things that I can interact with, uh, you know, on the internet and, and, uh, and, and with like books and stuff that Mm -hmm. I wasn't really getting into before. Yeah, no, the iPad is a really great idea. I mean, it's, it's your movie theater. It is your TV channel. It is your communication device. It is your, your book, your comic book, as you said, it is your, um, cell phone. It can be so many things. Um, and it's right there in your, overly sized pocket or a big backpack if you have one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a nice one. Matthew, what do you have for number five? My number five is actually a very recent one for me. Um, As you know, I answer phones for a living. And recently my boss uh, was told by her boss that we were not going to have the actual physical phone handset, the actual phone device, like a desk phone any longer. We switched over to a soft phone where everything 
is on the actual computer, which is a huge pain in the neck. It's a terrible system, and it's actually three different programs stacked on top of each other to simulate the functions of my previous phone. I hate it. Uh, and in order to do this quickly, he went out and got a bunch of $8 gaming headsets. I have broken three of them, uh, but my life was changed forever. Uh, professionally speaking, uh, when my wife actually bought me a wireless uh, headset, wireless, uh, like a Bluetooth headset, off of the Intar webs. It's not terrifically expensive, but it's really nice because I, I realize that for 10 years now, I've been on about a two-foot leash. And the things that I do in my job actually do require me to occasionally leave the desk and move back and forth. And I can do that now without having to unplug, hang everything up, untangle my cables, retangle my cables, whatever it is I need to do. And the only real downside is that I do need to remember to charge the thing at night so that it has an uh, actual charge to it. But being able to do my job and have a little bit of freedom in the year 2020 using technology from about 1995 is fascinating to me. It's wonderful. I love having this to where I can take my headset off or I can leave my headset on. I can leave my desk. I can move around. And it's much better quality than either of the previous headsets I had been using. Apparently, uh, my office buys really cheap equipment. And so the fact that I now have high-quality wireless connection to do my job is just one fewer thing to make me want to rage and tear all my hair out on a daily basis. So that's always a plus for me. So my number five, my new wireless headset. All right. Very nice. Uh, my number five is something that has been around for a while, but without it, I wouldn't be able to do 90% of the work that I do. It's Skype. Love it or hate it, Skype makes everything we do at Major Spoilers possible. In fact, when I first started doing a lot of remote working, Skype was the way that many of us got together at my jobs that I'll be mentioning shortly uh, to communicate and to talk and find out what was going on and what everyone was working on. We eventually then used Skype as a way to record my very first podcast, uh, The Coolness Roundup, back in, what was it, like 2002, three, somewhere around there. J. Michael T. will remember it. But ever since then, Skype has been there. Again, love it or hate it, Skype is there to make everything we do possible, and it doesn't cost exorbitant long-distance fees. It doesn't require me to have a phone bridge to where I have, you know, five, ten people all calling in at the same time so that we can do an episode of Critical Hit. Uh, it uh, is very easy for me to communicate with everyone, essentially for free, if you've got a Skype-to-Skype -Skype call. And the long-distance charges, I don't know if I've even paid it in the last uh, four years, five years, to get the, uh, the actual minutes so you can call regular phones, because I haven't needed it. Uh, but Skype makes everything we do at Major Spoilers possible, and so therefore, it is the number five on my list of technologies that have changed my life. I hate it. Rodrigo, <laughs> what do you have for number four? Uh, my number four is going to be pretty boring, um, but it's you know, spreadsheets. Oh, nice. And uh, obviously spreadsheets had been around for a long time before I encountered them. It's not like I was, it's not like somebody in, invented the spreadsheet. I mean, somebody might've invented the spreadsheet during my lifetime, but I didn't encounter it until I was, you know, in high school. Um, and nowadays, you know, when I was sitting around thinking about what all technology going, I was like, well, what do I use all the time? And 
I use spreadsheets all the time. Not only do we use spreadsheets, for example, for the rundowns of shows like, uh, well, not like top five, but for major spoilers, uh, for the major spoilers podcast, I have spreadsheets that I've done for Critical Hit. I have spreadsheets that I've done for just all kinds of stuff. Um, it's a good way to keep track of things. I, you know, I don't sit down with like a checkbook to balance my checkbook. I just do it on a spreadsheet, you know, when I remember to do it. <laughs> um, so, uh, just having that, um, that literacy with spreadsheets, uh, which I think I basically got in high school from actually taking a computer class, mm. uh, has made my life a lot easier in a lot of ways. Uh, there's like literal. There's probably a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't do at all, or just because it would be too difficult. Um, that I now do just with a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, there yeah, are my number number four spreadsheets. Yeah, there are entire courses at universities that are nothing but how do you run spreadsheets and how do you do all the calculations for all these different things. Uh, what year were you born, Rodrigo? Eighty-three. So you were born the year that VisiCalc had its first stable release. The initial release was in 1979, but uh, VisiCalc, the advanced version, came out in 1983, and it was considered one of the uh, must-have pieces of software. It was an essential app, or a killer app, that made um, made buying a computer necessary. You didn't have to have a computer before VisiCalc came out, and then you could get VisiCalc, and you could fire 99% of your accounting department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Ah, well, that's what happened, unfortunately, Matthew. What do you have for your number four, Matthew? My number four is definitely technology, but uh, it is a piece of medical technology. And it's a piece of technology that literally changed my life. Because I occasionally talk about being uh, overweight. And one of the things that will happen sometimes when you're overweight is you will snore. And one of the reasons that you snore is because your airway is actually collapsing. Um and the thing about that is the heavier you get, the more that happens and the more dangerous it can be. So about, oh, good Lord, 15 years ago now, maybe more, uh, my doctor's like, we're going to give you a sleep exam. I said, okay. And they glued a bunch of stuff to my head and they're like, go to sleep. I'm like, great. So I, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and the nice lady is like, well, uh, for someone to be diagnosed with sleep apnea, you have to have 20 incidences in an hour. I'm like, great. She's like, in the first hour, you had 104. I'm like, oh, good. So I'm exceptional. And they gave me a continuous positive airway pressure, a CPAP machine, which is my number four. And once I got used to the fact that I have a thing strapped to my face and there's a hose coming from it and to, you know, to this day, I swear, I don't realize that I have it. I know that I'm moving around in my sleep and rolling over and adjusting the hose in my sleep. And it's not something that I consciously wake up to do, but I now sleep through the night. I now get up in the morning and feel like I've actually rested. I don't wake up in the middle of the night going and terrify, you know, my wife and terrify, you know, people three houses down because it's a really loud noise. Um, I accidentally went on vacation. I did an overnight vacation three or four years ago, forgot to take the machine, could not sleep, could not sleep without my CPAP device. It was miserable. I was angry. And as soon as we got home, I literally went to bed at like seven o'clock so that I could try and get in some rest. Even though I've got this thing glued to my face that makes me sound like Darth Vader, just an immense change in my life and the quality of 
of my life. I still need about seven hours of sleep to feel like I'm getting anything done, but I'm now actually sleeping and not, you know, dying every five minutes. So that's fun. Yeah, it definitely is fun. All right. I'm going to bet that Matthew's next one is the machine that you put your CPAP stuff into that cleans it. So you don't have to go in and clean tubes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's on the William Shatner's list though. I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is um, the World Wide Web. I know that is super generic, but the Internet, again, totally changed my life. I remember the first day that our university got the uh, we've always we'd always had Internet access. Uh, but mm-hmm. the minute that we had it in a visual form, when uh, Mozilla came out and I remember sitting at a meeting in 1994 and a guy came in and said, oh, you guys, you have to come and check this out interrupted our big uh, departmental meeting and we all shuffled off into this computer room where he had downloaded the first web browser and he was like check this out and he showed us the visual version of the web and it was a game changer so much so that i went through uh, in in the uh, years following uh, adobe page mill adobe go live and then finally dreamweaver and it's by creating my own web pages that I was able to get a job in California working for a web, um, a uh, information website uh, covering the uh, video and animation and web industries. And so I got my start working on the web with that company, all thanks to my knowledge and working of how to use a web development tool or a WYSIWYG editor, as well as uh, learning and getting all of my uh, writing gigs that I've had for years, the books that I've written and everything else all have come from the World Wide Web. That's how I landed all of my jobs is through the World Wide Web. So uh, that is a technology. Thank you, Tim Berners-Lee, uh, for setting that up and making sure that we had that WYSIWYG interface to where we could even launch uh, the Major Spoilers website using a, uh, a, uh, a, a CMS system, a database-driven system. So that's my number four, the World Wide Web. All right, we have moved up to our number three positions, and Rodrigo, we're going to let you take number three and start us off. What you got? Uh, my number three is a a humble machine, and in fact, I think this machine has been featured in on this podcast before. I've talked about it before, but um, I have two dogs and a cat, uh, and they're all old. Mm-hmm. So uh, accidents happen, and it used to be that when an accident would happen, we would have to clean it manually. But uh, we started using a, a machine called the Bissell SpotBot. Oh, yeah, I know this one. Yeah. So basically what it is is two tanks. And uh, a motor with like a motor under one of them and a brush. And then it's like a casing around the brush. So you like set it down where the mess happened, turn it on, it flushes water down there, brushes it around and sucks up all the stuff and leaves basically with just a slightly wet spot um, where, uh, you know, but generally clean uh, where that used to be. And, uh, our one of our dogs uh, is as she continues to get older, she's having more and more trouble uh, holding it, and just will not will not accept doggy diapers. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, we really put that we we literally threw a spot bot out and bought a new one 
we use it so much. Wow. Um, and, you know, we just had to kind of figure out a way, a way to, to get around it. And it's really kind of a, a game changer. I even before this, I, rem- I just have like nightmares about, you know, one of the dogs eating something and then that coming out the other end and not having anything like that before and just having to spend time cleaning it and then like figuring out if like the smell was still coming from like the carpet or like if it was me, is it in my nose? It's like having a, a little robot to do that for you is a lot easier. And even if it doesn't get it completely, um, it at least sets you up so that it's a lot easier to get later. Yeah. Uh, when you first said it's a technology that you've talked about before in the show, and hopefully I'm not spoiling one of your future items, I was like, oh, Rodrigo's is going to be talking about the theremin. And then you were like, we have dogs and cats. I was like, wait a minute. That does a theremin have to do with dogs uh, well, and cats? My, dog's, my, my dog is very talented. There you go. <laughs> Matthew, what do you have for number three, please? My number three actually got me mocked recently, possibly on this very podcast. Because my number three, I don't remember how long ago I started paying the extra twenty four ninety nine to my cable company. Uh, but I'm glad that I paid the extra twenty four ninety nine to my cable company for a DVR. Because I'm one of those weird people who still likes to watch episodic television relatively episodically. So, like, if a show's coming out every week, I may not want to be here, may not be able to be here, because, you know, we do have major spoiler shows three or four nights a week. So on, say, Monday night at 7, if I don't necessarily want to sit down and watch something, I just tell the machine, hey, record this and hold it for me for later. And it's really wonderful because when we moved last year, I realized that I still have VHS tapes of the first season of Liquid Television from 1991 that I had kept because, well, I might want to watch Liquid Television someday. And with the DVR, I don't have to do that. I don't have to keep a bunch of tapes or I don't have to, you know, go and. I don't know, go to Blockbuster and get the actual disc, you know, the one by the B. Dalton down in the bookshop. And I, I don't have to actually have the physical media. I can actually tell the DVR, hey, do me a favor. Next time you see Grizzly Man running on the cable, go ahead and record that. I may want to watch that somewhere down the line. So it's nice to be able to, first of all, watch things whenever you want to skip through commercials, to pause live TV, to do all of these neat things. But even better, I now actually have two so I can record something on the DVR. And if I'm bored and we're down in the basement, we can actually watch it on the TV down in the basement. That's awesome to me. If I had another 2499 a month, I could have three and I could watch anything. You can record six shows at a time. You can watch them in any room in the house. It's amazing. It's awesome. I sound like an ad, but I'm not going to tell you what company it is, just that they have terrible customer service. But most importantly, the DVR is worth the price of admission because right now I can record every episode of Gilligan's Island that comes out. So on Sunday afternoons, when I'm used to watching Gilligan's Island as I write, I have Gilligan's Island just right there, ready for me to watch and not, well, not really watch to just sort of listen to from a distance and enjoy the pleasant tones of the professor. And that's why a DVR is essential. And that's why it's my number three. So the next three on my list take us way, 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 way back. And the number three on my list, many of you have probably seen, even though you didn't realize what it was. So I remember uh, my friend Jeff in high school was the uh, first person to get his own personal uh, VHS camera, right? Uh, His 
Uh, I don't want to get into too many personal things. Let's just say that someone was trying to buy someone else's love, I believe. And he ended up with the JVC GRC1 VHS camcorder. And this thing was great because we were able to go out and goof around all the time, uh, uh, shooting short movies, uh, going out and just experimenting with things like lighting fireworks and blowing up uh, Jeeps and, you know, trying to play it back in slow motion. We, uh, for some reason, conned our school into letting us shoot a uh, little uh, mock intro for, uh, what was that, uh, Miami Vice? And we had all the kids in the school playing the different different characters and background people, and we shot it all in the school. It was great. It was wonderful. Uh, the school somehow even had a VHS to VHS system where it wasn't, uh, you know, any kind of vitsy control or, or anything like that. But uh, it was, you know, punch in, punch out on your own. And so we were able to do simple edits. We were even able to uh, start doing work on that. He uh, started going around shooting a bunch of basketball games and then eventually hired me to go and shoot basketball games when he was too busy. And it was something that carried me through uh, and got me some some walking around money back when I was in high school. Many, and you might be saying, well, Stephen, I thought you said we would recognize this. The JVC GRC1, you probably have seen if you've watched a little movie called Back to the Future, in which one Marty McFly uses the exact same video recorder to record and capture everything that happens with Doc Brown as he goes back in time and as he himself goes back in time and has to show Doc uh, this portable recording studio. This was a big game changer for me. This is really kind of what solidified me wanting to get into video production uh, because otherwise it was going to be all physics for me. Uh, but the JVC GRC1, uh, one of the uh, top five technologies, number three, in fact, that changed my life. All right, we are into our top twos. Rodrigo, what do you have for number two? Uh, my number two uh, is... Uh, one of those transitional forms of of uh, technology. Uh, nowadays, everybody uses this, but uh, when I first moved to Kansas to uh, work for PBS there, they would just hand me some equipment and be like, you have to go to Lions, or you have to go to, I don't know, Elkhart. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, well, how do I get there? And they were like, well, here's a map. Uh, fortunately, I being uh, a uh, highly proficient technological youth would go on the internet to a site called MapQuest and type in the address of where I was going and then print out a bunch of <laughs> directions um, so that I could have step-by-step -step directions on how to get there. Now, again, fast forward to today, everybody has Google Maps on their phone, and everybody uses this, right? Uh, back in those days, I, I think there was a lot more... I, I think people like kind of took pride in knowing how to get places. Nowadays, Like I, I think most millennials don't care. They're like, do you know how to get there now? But I'll, you know, my phone will tell me. Um, but, uh, yeah... I wasn't from around there, and fortunately, between MapQuest and Google, which you know was actually Google Maps was around then too, um, I was usually able to find where I was going. Now, sometimes the directions weren't great mm -hmm. if I was going to a particularly like out of the way place, um, but you'd be surprised. Really, I would say. 
like one time out of 20, like the, the directions would just be completely wrong. And sometimes they would be randomly because like they had like the place where I was going, the company moved somewhere else very recently and that just hadn't updated. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I, I think about getting lost out in the boondocks in Kansas, which I still did every once in a while. And just what a harrowing experience that would have been if that just had just happened every time I went out to shoot something. Mm -hmm. Um, but thankfully thanks to, you know, basically satellite, um, satellite technology and, uh, everybody's address being on a database. Uh, I was able to mostly not get lost. Oh man. I remember when I moved to California and it was like, I've never been here before. I don't really know anybody in my immediate vicinity. And I remember walking up to, um, to the leasing office for the apartment complex. And I was like, you know, where could someone get a map of this area? And they all both, it's like the, somebody did a record scratch, a needle scratch there in the office. Everyone just looks at everyone and says, Oh, you need to get a Thomas street guide for Los Angeles and Irvine, um, uh, Orange counties. And I was like, I have no idea what this Thomas street guide is. I went to the bookstore because I figured they had a map and I was like, uh, do you guys know anything about uh, something called a Thomas guide? And the lady's like, Oh my goodness. Yes. Right over here. And she showed it to me. And the, the street guide was the freaking best thing. It saved me so much. When I was trying to get around the greater Southern California area. And I remember one day there was a knock on my door and one of my students from uh, Atlanta had also just moved out to California. He's like, hey, man, I want to show you something. And he pulls out this GPS device that, number one, you had to have a clear sky, a clear shot of the sky. It's not something that would sure. work if your, your top was up. And it was a marine GPS, meaning it was for uh, being out in the water. They hadn't had one for streets yet for cars. And so we were driving around Los Angeles and, and we were able to map all the places we were going from that early GPS. And I thought, oh, man, I would love to have one of these someday. But darn it, I don't think I'm ever going to buy a boat. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, now we have have that thing right there in our pocket. So, yeah, Rodrigo, that is definitely a, a game changer right there. Yeah. But you don't still have a boat. I still don't have a boat. And that's OK. Boats. I, I think people uh, if you own a boat, that's great. I think I would rather rent a boat so I don't have to deal with all of the other things that go with boating, like storage of the boat, cleaning the barnacles off the boat, uh, maintaining the boat. I can just go out and drive it around and come back. I guess you boat it around. Come Having back and, your license. And, yeah. Pay my 50 bucks and say, there you go, dude. And he's like, all right, see ya. And let him deal with all that. But <laughs> Matthew, we need to get to your number two at the moment. My number two is my boat. All right. No, it's not. Uh, actually, my number two is an off uh, shoot of something that almost made the list, but I thought, no, I'm going to be more specific. Uh, in 2001, my wife was working technical support for a now non-existent telephone company that offered cellular telephone services. And she secretly bought two cellular telephones and set up the account and brought them home and said, hey, look, we have cellular telephones. And I'm like, okay, great. How am I going to use this? What am I going to do with this thing? Well, it turns out a lot, and it was very, very useful. And a few years later, I got my number two, which was my first smartphone. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It had a nine in it, uh, but it was a touchscreen device, and I was really, really freaked out that I was going to smash it, that I was going to crack it or bust it, and it was going to be ruined, and everything would be terrible. But having that smartphone was just 
the most amazing change in my life because normally if I needed to go and look something up, I would go to a computer, you know, if I wanted to listen to music, I would put a tape in the actual tape deck of the car. If I wanted to make a phone call, I would go to, you know, an actual phone and put in a quarter and call people. But my smartphone did all of that. And the one that I have right now is actually enormous. It's the same size as my checkbook. It's another touchscreen phone. I actually have editing software for images on the phone that I can actually use. So I can go and I can find a particular image. I can download it. I can edit it. I can make it into something that I want. I can mess around with it. I can do whatever I do. Uh, And it allows me to talk to many, many imaginary friends on the internet that I don't necessarily actually know, but who are actually people that I like a lot more than some of the people that I work with. And the best part about it, I don't, think I've taken a phone call with my smartphone in three months, four months, because I don't answer it. It's not for that. It's for texting and reading and being on the internet and messing around and finding images for my 10 things game that I play at lunch. So really, it's a game changer because it distracts me a lot of the time from the same things that frustrate me at my job that my number five did. My number two my amazing smartphone, it's purple. Usually they're red, but they didn't have a red one, so I had to get a purple one. Okay. Uh, my number two is one that uh, kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Rodrigo's uh, spreadsheets, the killer app. And before, uh, if you wanted to have a computer system in your business, you had to buy an IBM machine. That's what it's, you know, business machines is what the B and the M stands for, not the other thing that you're thinking about. Uh, but then comes a little startup company working out of their garage, these two, uh, Steve Wozniak and, uh, Steve Jobs, and they introduced to the world, the Apple computer. And for many of us who are in my age range, uh, we had the opportunity to have computers at our school because Apple made huge discounts to the Apple two E's. So I remember even the, uh, the bully jocks in our school would take the computer class so they could learn how to do a little programming and play some games and doing those kinds of things. Very few people had the personal computer in their home unless they had like the, the, the TSR 80 or, uh, you know, uh, my friend Mike eventually got a Commodore 64. Uh, but I had the TI 99. That one was great. Yeah. Um, but for my family, we had the Apple to C and this is probably one of the lesser known of the Apple computers. It is literally a portable computer because once you disconnect the big monitor and the hard drive, the external hard drive, there is a handle on the back that lets you carry it around like you would carry a briefcase and you can take it wherever you went. If you have seen the movie 2010, uh, the year we make contact or whatever the, the name of that movie is, you'll actually see Floyd sitting on the beach working on a computer, that's the Apple IIc. And that's the one that we had in, in our house. So I learned a lot of programming on the Apple IIc. I did a lot of, we, my mom was uh, uh, bought me this really cool animation program. So I was doing, you know, animation on the Apple IIc. Uh, I was playing games like Wizardry. And what was the other one that I played? Uh, Ultima. Uh, I played those on my Apple IIc. And that's about it. Because back in the early 80s, there weren't too many games on the Apple II, or at least ones that didn't require an expensive uh, uh, joystick to be plugged into the Apple. And uh, I guarantee you, my parents were going to put down money for a joystick for I could play games. There's there's learning materials you could be doing with that Apple IIc. 
But uh, I think my mom was still using the 2C up until about 2000. She still had it and had the uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disks that she would still use to do a lot of her her schoolwork because that's what she'd had it on and she'd always had it backed up on there and uh, and was ready to go. So the uh, I got my first modem with the Apple 2C. So I was t- dialing up BBSs uh, back in the day and watching, you know, trying to have a text conversation with with my friend, you know, uh, back, you know, literally three miles away, and you'd see one character come up at a time. H. I. Space. And we thought that this was the greatest thing in the world. But it really was, because everything that I do today revolves around the computer. Uh, The computer setup that I have is um, set up in such a way that I can maximize everything that I need to do in a day for whatever job that I'm doing, whether it's writing or podcasting or major spoiler stuff or educational stuff or video creation stuff, whatever it may be, it's all done on computers. I still use Apple's today, uh, but I have to go all the way back to the 2C and even the 2E that we used at high school because that really changed my life. All right. We are now into our number ones. I'm very interested to see what everyone has as their number one. And Rodrigo, you get that honor to start us off in the top spot. My number one is uh, the iPod or Mm -hmm. whatever your um, music listening to device of choice is. But... uh, Really, it's these like very early MP3 players, and it's not because of any sort of like freedom or anything like that. That often, you know, wireless technology gives you. Um, by the time those things rolled around, I was already out of college, and I, you know, I mean, it's it's not like anybody ever stopped me from like walking around with a Walkman or a Discman, right? But interestingly. Uh, these personal devices paved the way for a boom in podcasting. Um, And, uh, well, I'm a podcaster. And really, my life has, when I was like, what what are like the major changes in my life that have happened and, you know, which are technology-driven? Really, a huge one was getting involved with major spoilers and starting... Uh, and being part of several podcasts um, that if if had uh, like if, if for no other reason changed my life in the sense that I'm usually recording at least twice a week. Right. Um, and honestly, back in the day, it was more like three or four times a week uh, back when I was in like four or five shows. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. um it kind of enabled this thing and, and it, I, I think podcasting really has transitioned from like, uh, like all technology and like all new media from like that thing that only a few weirdos are doing to actually a pretty interesting thing that the cool kids are into to actually just a normal thing that anybody can do. Um, but not everybody can do as well as, uh, us. So, um, my number one uh, iPods and other MP3 players, because even though acquiring the technology isn't what changed my life is the existence of it has really altered just the way that I live. Very cool. Very, very cool. Matthew, what do you have for your number one? My number one was actually almost podcasts. Um, but 
the person who said that to me is my child. She's 16 now. Uh, she's basically almost an adult, and it's freaking me out. And as she was speaking, she was reaching to push a little computer device that she keeps on her belt. And I'm like, oh, my God, I know what my number one has to be. Because about 10 years ago, we had a scary, scary visit to the emergency room that ended up with my daughter in the hospital for two days, after which they explained to us that she has an autoimmune disease, and basically it had destroyed her pancreas, and she had type 1 diabetes, what they sometimes refer to as juvenile diabetes. And so we had to get used to the idea of, you know, checking her blood sugar, giving her injections, making sure that we're counting carbs, all of these things that we all had to learn how to do. And after a few years, they're like, oh, you know what you should do? You should get one of these insulin pumps. Now, I will tell you, I'll grant you, it costs about twice as much as my car, but you guys know how much I pay for my cars. Um, but once we got the insulin pump, basically it allowed her to, first of all, cut down on the number of total injections. So rather than seven or eight shots a day, she's taking one or two and then injecting the actual pump unit into her, you know, her arm or her belly. And so it's a lot fewer injections. It's a lot fewer, you know, a lot less work to do. You say, here are the carbs that I'm eating. It does the calculations for her. It allows her to, you know, out, go out and do sports. It allows her to basically function just like a child with a functional endocrine system, which is really awesome. We've actually updated to a computerized one with a touchscreen and alarms. So at three in the morning, if her blood sugar dips, the thing texts me on my phone and says her blood sugar is low or her blood sugar is high and it makes a terrible noise and we know to deal with it. And she's got it right now set up to where the other device that she wears, the glucose monitoring, tells it what her blood sugar is at any given time. You can actually set it for a feedback loop to where the one device will tell the pump go ahead and give it some insulin because the blood sugar is low. It's awesome. It is amazing. It's, you know, I used to joke about we should just get her a robot pancreas. In a lot of ways, what we have is basically a robot pancreas, and it's really, really amazing. It's one of those things where I'm just like, yep, that's it. That's the, that's the number one because, you know, that diagnosis changed our life. But this device made such a huge change for everybody in the family that I'm like, yep, I don't care that it costs five grand. Someday I'll pay that off. But right now we're just like, yep, awesome. My number one is an insulin pump. She's got a T-Slim X2, which sounds like a race car. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. My number one goes back all the way, I think 79 or 80, probably closer to 79. I remember that uh, my dad said he was going to buy us something called a video cassette recorder. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And he's like, it means we can watch movies at home. And you got to remember back in my day, uh, before the DVR was uh, invented, um, we had three network channels, a PBS channel, uh, two PBS channels for me, and one or two independent channels. So you had anywhere from three to six uh, TV stations that you could watch. I lived out in the country. We didn't have cable. Uh, so we weren't on the cable and we didn't have a, uh, access to the HBOs or anything like that. But my dad said, I also bought us a, a membership at this uh, movie rental house in Kansas City and we can rent movies and we can watch them at home. And I thought that this was the greatest thing in the world uh, because 
it opened up a whole new world for me. And in the days of VHS machines, especially in the early days with these uh, club memberships that were going on where you had to pay something like $20 a month plus the rental fee, and you could only rent movies from these places if you had a membership card. Uh, I remember there were a lot of those. Uh, The small town that I lived in had two of them uh, that were super cheap, and they really had the worst movies in the world. Uh, But, you know, we could go in and rent movies relatively inexpensively, a couple of bucks for a day, and we would have our world opened up to so many different things that we couldn't see at our local movie theater, that we couldn't watch on HBO or Cinemax, that we couldn't watch uh, over the air, and it was a wondrous thing. I got to experience so much culture thanks to the VCR. Also had the ability to record television off the air. Of course, we had an aerial antenna, but uh, the local PBS uh, station would run episodes of Doctor Who late at night, and it was already supposed to be past my bedtime, uh, but my mom would get up and she would make sure that it was programmed to record the Doctor Who episodes off the air, and then uh, a bunch of those would pile up, and then I would have a free day on a Saturday or something when it was cold in the wintertime, and I would just sit down and binge Doctor Who as much as I could. Funny story is, and this is how horrible little children are, Uh, It was snowing the night my dad was coming home with the VCR, and apparently he spun out or had a wreck or something on the road, and he called up my mom, and he's like, hey, just want you to know I'm going to be late, had an accident, uh, but I'll be home soon. And she came, and she goes, oh, your father's had an accident, and uh, he's going to be late, so the VCR is going to be here late. And my first response was, is VCR okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what little kids think about not not whether their dad is okay it's obviously he's okay he called and said that he'd be home late so you know he knows he's okay but the vcr though that was an 800 hundred dollar piece of equipment that was not something that you just uh you just picked up at the uh, checkout counter at your local piggly wiggly store uh it was a big old expensive piece of hardware and again this is something that my parents used to death until probably i know they still had it in my mom's sewing room in 2002 when my sister and I said, you know what, we're getting mom and dad uh, satellite TV and a DVR and we're retiring all of their VHS stuff. But uh, the VCR really changed my life because of the world that it opened me up to, uh, letting me see different stories, experiencing different things that, again, someone from a small you know, Kansas town would not have had access to. So the VCR is my number one technology that changed my life, I would say, for the better. You say if it was a VHS? It was definitely VHS. We didn't we didn't go in for that beta uh, because the place where I think my dad got it from, that's where he got the membership. And they did have like three-quarter inch. They did have Betamax. But VHS was the predominant one. And they kind of pushed him to say, no, nah, VHS is really what you want to get. You don't want to be yeah. running two tapes or you don't want to be running this big giant machine with these big giant tapes. So go ahead and just get the VHS. And so uh, we we avoided the uh, the Betamax uh, VHS stuff. Uh, the RVCR was a I want to say it was a JVC. I don't remember the model number, but I'm pretty sure it was a JVC uh, that that we had. And then of course we got blank tapes, and my uncle would record stuff off of HBO and mail them to us. And so I had all sorts of movies. That's how I discovered Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, so many others uh, thanks to the how VCR. were how were the tapes loaded? Oh, this was one where the top would pop up. And yeah. you top loaded oh, it top and then you loader. pushed it down and then it had to wind up. And uh, there, the tuner was really fantastic because you had all these buttons. Uh, you open up a flap and you had all these buttons. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to change to a different channel, you have to push the button of the channel that you wanted. Now, of course, it wasn't like channel two, channel four, channel six, channel eight. It was just one, two, three, four, five up to like 10, I think. 
Then you had to open a top flap on top of the VCR, <laughs> and there was a little dial, uh, a little dial that you would use to tune in. You know, you have your antenna running in, and then you would use that to tune in the actual channel frequency that you wanted on that. And then you could program that button so that it was always set to that. But you had to go in and, and dial in the frequencies. And so on days when it was bad weather or something, you know, me or my sister would run up to the little flap. We'd flip it open and we were dialing in, trying to make the signal stronger or weaker. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good times. And then it had a remote control, a wired remote control. Uh, that wow. was maybe That was maybe maybe 10 feet long at the most. And so it was really funny. So like my sister and I, we just sit on the floor and watch TV. Sure. So if we wanted to use the, the remote, we'd do it. But usually it was just hit play and, and let it go till the end. My mom recorded her soaps and would want to run through the commercials. Uh, so it was funny because at night when she would do it, she'd move the sofa as close to the TV as she could so that the remote would be <laughs> within distance and she'd sit there and do her crochet or knitting or whatever and then be able to fast forward through through the commercials. So... Yeah, the VCR. I have fond memories of that VCR, and that's why it's my number one technology. What about you, dear listener? What do you have as the technology that changed your life? Head over to our Major Spoilers Discord server, check out the top five channel, and then uh, share your results with everyone. I know Carl is, is quickly tabulating all of these and putting them into a database somewhere. I believe this is a topic we have not done before, but I'm sure Carl will correct us, and he will share his list of top five technologies that changed his life. Other people will share their list, and I'm sure you will share your list too, and everyone's going to read it, because everyone loves a list, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.